Holly Knoll, host of the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. If you've always wanted to start a business and don't know where or how to start, you've come to the right place. After leaving an unfulfilling corporate career, I decided it was time to start a business of my own. Today, I'm a business coach and creator of The Consultant Code, where I help people start services-based businesses in 60 days or less. So grab your latte because you're about to be inspired, armed with knowledge, and given simple tools to start a business of your own from my interviews with Everyday Entrepreneurs. Hi, friend. Welcome back to this episode of the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. Today, I am with a wonderful, wonderful friend of mine, Jill Loftus. She and I met recently, so she's a new friend. She and I met recently on our trip to Egypt in August, and it's amazing how much you can get to know somebody by traveling two weeks straight with someone and also being in a foreign country, out of your element, kind of in this awe-inspiring place as well, mixed with history and a lot of energy from monuments and sites from 4,500 years ago. So Jill and I really bonded on this trip. She's an incredible astrologer and she reads charts and she read mine. And I had some really cool takeaways and insights. And she's also a badass business owner. So of course, naturally, I wanted her to be on the podcast. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Jill before we get started. So as I mentioned, she's an astrologer, she's a mystic, a yogi, and a mom. And her path in Kriya Yoga has led her to astrology. So she had her own yoga studio, which she'll tell us about in the podcast. But when she was in training to become a yoga teacher in 2006, she began teaching at a local drug and alcohol rehabilitation center. In 2008, this work inspired her to open her own yoga studio called Uttara Yoga Yoga Studio, which is in Roanoke, Virginia. The Uttara community blossomed into a diverse group of yoga practitioners and seekers. But after the pandemic, she decided to sell the studio in 2021, and she formally launched her astrology business, which is called Newit Astrology. And in addition to practicing astrology, teaching yoga, and reading tarot, she leads workshops and trainings on meditation, breathwork, and online workshops on these subjects as well. She's led yoga retreats in India, Peru, and Germany, and she's currently enrolled in a seminary at the Temple of Kriya Yoga, where she's studying to become a yoga yogic priest. She lives in southwestern Virginia with her husband, Benjamin, and they have children in and out of their home as they grow and expand into their worlds. And as I witnessed firsthand, she and Benjamin love traveling. They also like to garden. They love good food and chicken watching. So with that, let me introduce to you, Jill Loftus. Hey, Jill, welcome to the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. I am thrilled to have you here today. And I can't wait for you to share your story about your business and to talk more about how to manifest what we want in life, given the power of our minds. So I'm very excited to to chat with you today. For the listeners out there, um, Jill and I met on a recent trip that we both took to Egypt. And we spent about two weeks together. And Jill did a reading for me that um, I just found really um, thought-provoking and um, just very like insightful and helpful in terms of just interpreting kind of where I'm at in life and where I'm going and how I got here. And then we did a follow-up reading. So of course I thought, let's have you back on, let's have you on the show to talk to my listeners about more about what you do and we'll get into more of the de- details. So welcome. 
Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Holly. It's an honor to be here and I'm excited to chat with you. And yeah, it's it's an interesting story. I mean, we all have an interesting story, right? That's part of the beauty of these um, types of ways of communicating we can share and uh, sometimes um, learn from someone else's mistakes, but also learn from their just willingness to put themselves out there, right? Which is what you have to do to become an entrepreneur. It's it's kind of a big word, um, but it just really means that you're passionate about something and a little more braver. More braver, is that a word? It just, you know, you're really, really willing to dive out there and do the thing. So, yeah. Yeah. No yeah. We met in Egypt. Times. How cool is yes. that? Yes. Another thing I just needed to dive out there and do, even though I was scared <laughs> somewhat. And being a world traveler, I, I was, there was so big part of me that I was like, I have no idea what to expect. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, there are retreats, there are adventures, and then there's journeys, right? So, mm. yeah. What would you categorize? What would you I, I would probably say it was more of an adventure because, yeah, it, it was really, it was life-changing as all travel is, but, mm-hmm. but it was, it, there were certain parts of it that were arduous and unexpected in ways that, that I wasn't quite ready for. I think you had a similar experience. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. In the, in the pre-show when Jill and I were talking, Jill used the word arduous and I think that hits it on the head. We were on this, this trip with a, most of us are strangers to each other. Some of us knew each other from before. For me, most everybody was new. And it was definitely not a retreat. It was a (laughs) 100% a journey or what was the other word? Adventure. (laughs) Adventure. Oh, yeah. And, you know, one that included 3.30 a.m. wake-ups and you know, we had to get places before it became 110 degrees out, which happened very quickly. So, um, you know, we had to wake up and do something we didn't want to do for the, you know, short-term pain for like knowing that we were going to see something incredible, which I guess thinking about that, um, you know, as a business owner, entrepreneur, you have to kind of suck it up and do the things you don't want to do because you see a bigger, you have a bigger picture in mind or you have a bigger goal and, uh, you know, bigger, something bigger imagined for yourself. So I, I think that's mm-hmm. what keeps a lot of us going, even when we don't want to. Yeah. Well, or, or, I mean, I think, especially with owning a business, one of the first things that I learned was that the things I wasn't really passionate about, that I needed to find ways to delegate them if possible, and particularly to figure out the things that I was not good at. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. took me a while, you know, you know, maybe just a, a little a bit of a control freak tendency, right? Nobody can do this as well as I do because nobody cares as much as I do, which that's a fact Yeah, when you're yep. running a business. But, you know, you also really need to figure out what your skill set is and apply that and find the people who are gifted and talented things that you're not gifted and talented at so that they can help you. <laughs> um, 100%. And that also can help you wade through the the to-do list. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, the to-do list is never ending. Why don't we back up a little bit? And why don't you tell us a little bit about your business, how you got started from the very beginning and how how did you get to where you are today? Okay. So my current business, I, I'm working for myself, by myself as an astrologer. Uh, which is, you know, not a normal thing. You might say, I'm a consultant. That's the, the term we might use with someone who would be like, you're a what? Which those are, there's people are out there. But my, my background is actually, I used to own a yoga studio. I owned a yoga studio for almost 14 years and I founded it. It was my midlife crisis. 
I used to tell people it was uh, cheaper than a sports car, only only by a little bit. Yeah, I, I had always been a legal secretary or a paralegal. Um, that was more my kind of profession before I became a full-time uh, mother, wife and mother. And I was, you know, so lucky to be able to stay home with my children. My husband at the time was an attorney. And, you know, I was like, well, yeah, this is what I'm going to be doing. And then interestingly enough, you know, you get to this point, you wake up when you're morning and you're like, is this it? Is this really it? Like, uh-huh. this is not it, man. And this is not doing it for me. I am not, you know. And so I started diving a little deeper into yoga, got my certification to teach and then realized there was no place that I wanted to teach. And so I decided to create a space, a place in a space. Mm-hmm. And so my background was not at all in business. I did not go to college. Um, of course, took some some courses and things, but, you know, I just felt incredibly passionate about it. And so, yeah, that's how I started my journey. I definitely learned a lot. And, it, you know, part of it was because I was not prepared for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. For example, the commercial real estate world. You know, the first lease I was handed made me responsible for the maintenance of the roof of the building and the exterior of the building, even though I was only one of the tenants. <laughs> I oh. had to comb through the lease to find all these, you know, you know, I, I kind of, I guess I thought that 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 all business people were, were kind of collaborative and wanted to help each other. And I, I really discovered very quickly that that was not always the case. Um, you know, even things like parking were very competitive in, in the area that I was in, you know, issues with clients have being towed from spaces oh. on the weekends when nobody was parked there, you know, things like that, that I just didn't expect. But they all, uh, all of them, what they really did was make me stand up and just be an adult about it. You know, I had to set good boundaries. I had to learn to say no, you know, in my eternal parking issues, which I guess anybody in a, any type of city indoors, right? But particularly with a a yoga studio format where you have people coming in who want to quickly park, only be there for an hour, hour and a half, and then leave. We had some challenges. I remember getting a call from a a neighboring business and the gentleman calls up and I answer the phone and he's like, hey, I need to talk to the owner about this parking situation. And I said, I am the owner. He said, no, no, no. I need to talk to the owner. And I said, I am the owner. And he's like, no, no, no. The actual owner of the business. And I was like, sir, I am the actual owner of the business. And he just kind of didn't even want to talk to me. He didn't believe me. <laughs> because you're you know? a woman. Because I'm a woman. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's this area that, that we live in, which is a beautiful, wonderful area with beautiful, wonderful people. It is still also kind of a small town, Southern place in Virginia. And yeah, it, it was somewhat a novelty, especially, I mean, at this point, how long ago was that? Almost 20 years ago or 18, I guess, that I opened the business and it was somewhat of a novelty. And, you know, even, you know, one of the things that I never considered when I opened the business was zoning. You know, there were just so many little things that I didn't think about with a brick and mortar yeah. that, you know, people definitely need to pay attention to. I do think that, uh, especially after the pandemic, that you should think long and hard before you consider brick and mortar type of businesses because it does come with a whole subset of interesting challenges. But, you know, if, for example, you want to open a restaurant, you need a building, right? Right, right. (laughs) Or a truck or or, some kind of food truck. Yeah. Right. So just going back to a couple of things that you said, you know, you 
you created what you wish existed. It mm-hmm. sounds like just given that you saw a need for a yoga studio in the space in, in your city, didn't exist, something that you would have liked to have gone to yourself. So you went ahead and created what you wish existed. And I think when I talk to other business owners, that is a common thread that many of us have is we go out and create something we wish would have existed for us. You know, that's why I have my online course. I wish there would have been a course that helped me start a business from the ground up. You know, I wish there would have been like a step-by-step playbook. And I would have signed up for that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, You know, there's, you know, you, I wish there was a a yoga studio with this type of vibe or this type of feel or this type of, these types of classes. You went ahead and created it. Can you tell me a little bit about just how did you talk yourself into, and I don't know if talk yourself into is the right way of saying it, but how did you, I guess, convince yourself to keep moving forward? I imagine you had some self-doubt creeping in there along the way. It's a big jump, a big leap, given you didn't have a business background. You hadn't had a brick and mortar in the past. How did you continue moving forward? And what are the different tools that you use to to keep going? Well, you know, not to be, uh, make it a commercial for yoga and not just yoga is like stretching, but like the whole mindset (laughs) really, it really helped me to really understand that, that my passion would help me connect with other people who's, who have that same passion and that, that that was going to make it work. You know, I couldn't uh, teach every class, especially at that point. I think my oldest was 12. My middle was 10 and my youngest was five. No, he would have been six or seven. Yeah. So, I mean, like the children were still pretty small and, you know, it, it takes a village as they say. And I had no family in town to watch them. So I needed other instructors, other people, but it really was, it was about community and coming together. And then, yeah, I mean, I I honestly just didn't have the, I never really even thought about failing, whatever that means, quote unquote, because it wasn't an option. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It it was like, look, this is what, this is, I'm really passionate about this and I need to be adaptable. And that's what made it actually successful because I originally opened in a downtown area and just I was like, okay, well, there's all these people moving downtown, you know, this was a time when, you know, downtowns were kind of renewing, you know, and all of a sudden my clientele was not, not those folks. It wasn't the lunchtime yoga people. It wasn't the people who lived downtown. People were traveling sometimes an hour to take classes. And, and so, and I had a, a real passion for teaching children yoga as well. But at that time, people were not that interested. Now, eventually it evolved and we had a, a, a partnership with the local school district and we're offering 10 to 12 yoga classes a week at some of the schools. I mean, but that we grew into that, you know, mm-hmm. it matured into that. And so I think there's a certain amount of trust in the process. Um, but you have to you have to believe in your ability to be adaptable. I think that's one of the key one of the key things. And and always remember, you know, my my teacher used to say life's delays are not life's denials. Just because it doesn't just take off immediately does not mean that you're doing something wrong or that there's a problem with your product or something. You're, you, you've got to, you've got to put in the time and you've got to be ready for that and, and try to stay passionate about it. And that's one of the, one of the big issues when you take this thing that like for me, my safe haven, I take my safe haven yoga and turn it into a business you know, what happens, then what's your safe place? And so you have to keep, make sure that you still have that, 
whatever nourishes you on the side so that you can, you know, hop back in and and meet those challenges even when you're exhausted or, you know, everybody has the flu or your teacher cancels on you 10 minutes before class starts or, you know, all those myriad things that happen. I love what you said about life's delays are not life's denials. Mm-hmm. So much. I, I think just given the world we live in now where everything is kind of this extreme gratification, like input, output, you know, send and respond, like immediate kind of like just immediacy culture. I think sometimes we as business owners or aspiring business owners get the impression that businesses and success, you know, successful businesses and success um, is achieved overnight or nearly overnight. And while we all know that logically, it's really hard at times to not compare yourself to others or to other success. And well, why can't I be where they are? I'm doing this and this, or what am I doing wrong? Or, you know, to second guess. But I think what you said about just, you know, taking your time, believing in yourself, you know, believing in your ability to be adaptable, adapt and change, go with what works, throw up, toss out what doesn't. Can you tell me more about just like you were open for 14 years. So how did you like grow and it's, adapt it's, along the way? It's, the business is still open. I sold it. Oh, you after did? The pandemic. Yeah. Oh. I, I sold the business to one of my instructors. Yeah. It, after, well, the pandemic took everything I loved about teaching yoga away. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it just, yeah, it was a little burnout, the period for me. And I was like, you know, I'm just not, I'm, I'm more interested in this one-on-one astrology thing. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I was able to sell the business. The business is still thriving. My dear friend, Laura has uh, carried it forward. So, yeah, I would say I think it's important to have your own definitions of success and not compare yourself to others. You know, what is going to make you happy is not going to be what other people, you know, your own success profile is very unique and individual. And I think it's super important that you remember that, you know, and and you you can get so caught up in comparing yourself or setting these standards for yourself that that don't work. I mean, it's the same thing as profitability, right? What's profitability for you? And and that's, that that profile is going to be different depending on what kind of business you're involved in. And yeah, and, the, and yeah. the hours that you're putting in and the number of employees and this or that. And then that is going to shape the longer term trajectory that you have. And so, you know, don't get too, I would, I would say not to get too hung up on things like business plans and things like that, even though I can see the benefit of them. I agree. But, I, you know, I remember people saying, what's your business plan? And I would say, everybody has a body. And if you have a body, yoga is good for you. So okay. I'm, here to help. I'm here to help them. I love it. And, it, you know, yeah. that's something like we learned in college, like business class 101, whatever it was, like create your business plan. And even as a project manager, like create your project charter. It's something that you create and then never look at it again. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a good exercise, but I think there's other ways to plan a business than to write this 30-page document that you're never going to look at again. And that like you sit down at a blank screen and are supposed to be inspired and and like spin out this brilliance. Like I just, I just get <laughs> like some, some professor in the 1960s thought it was a good idea. And it, it I just don't. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of like a business plan either because I just don't think it's something. I think there's different ways of planning a business 
in planning for success versus writing an actual business plan document. That is my soapbox on a business. No, I I totally agree. It's super linear too. It's super linear. It's not like that. It's not like that. black and white. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can see maybe a vision board. I can see maybe, you know, and and a vision board, I, I, we, you know, I had to move the business multiple times for multiple reasons, but you know, anytime we went into a new space, we would create, uh, my office manager and I would create a, a vision board mm-hmm. and choose a new moon to kind of initiate it and like try to really like see, you know, what what do we envision for this space? What what are our ideals, you know? And it, mm-hmm. sometimes those aren't like words and they certainly aren't checklists. One, two, three, it's not how it works. Well, no. And, not you know, I, I'm a big fan of planning. You know, if, if you don't, I, if I don't have a plan, it doesn't happen, but there's just so many different ways to plan, like you said. And I recently went through this exercise of setting yearly goals, quarterly goals, monthly, weekly, daily, and it was arduous to use the word again. That's the theme of (laughs) today, arduous. The rock uphill. Yes, it was (laughs) arduous, but it really made me sit down and think and, and, and put some commitments and actions I can take to move forward. But also with every, I don't what is the the phrase? Like every good plan, like, I don't know, a plan is allowed to be changed as well. So that's what I also think is so important when it comes to planning any type of business or planning for a, a goal is you're allowed to change your mind at any time. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes you have to. I mean, you have to. You have to. Look at you with the pandemic. You you had to change. I would just say, I often equate it kind of like steering a ship. You know, you've Mm -hmm. got a ship Mm -hmm. and if you see a storm up ahead, you are going to have to go around it. Okay. You can be the most, you can have the strongest ship and be the most wonderful captain and You still have to adapt to this current situation. Mm -hmm. And who knows, by going off course, sometimes you end up in a much better place than you could have imagined. Um, There's a certain amount of hold on loosely that you need to have in these kinds of things because there are bigger forces at work. Yes. Let's shift into that. That the best plan, laid plans something. I I know someone out there is going to know this quote. Yeah, it's a quote. (laughs) The, the the plans of mice and men or something like that, right? Isn't it a quote from a novel or something like that? But yeah. Yes. No, I, um, oh, the best laid plans are made to be broken. Oh, like that must be it. Yeah. I don't know. Something <laughs> like that. But yes. So let's shift into, into your astrology career. Talk us through just your decision to start this new chapter in your life. How did you go from, you know, being a full-time yoga studio owner to pivoting to this next chapter. Tell us yeah, about well, I mean, the, the pandemic, uh, as it did for many of us, ushered us into places that we never imagined we would be. But yeah, my life changed dramatically during that time period. Not only did all of my children grow up as they do and move on, my uh, son was still in high school at that time. But I had been studying astrology ever since I began studying yoga uh, one of my teachers thought it was just necessary to understand the laws of your own timing and karmic patterns and things like that. So for your own understanding of your life, kind of like the roadmap of your life to study. And so I did. And I thought it was fascinating, interesting. I always thought astronomy was amazing. And, you know, I would 
read my horoscope. And I remember somebody once way back when I was a legal secretary telling me Mercury was retrograde and I rolled my eyes. And anytime anything went wrong for a long time, I would say, ah, Mercury, right? No way. Um, I can't imagine you rolling your eyes. Now yeah, like, making, no. fan, making fun of it. Right. It's hilarious. You know, you know, a lot of astrologers come to it because they try to disprove it, which is kind of mm. interesting. But anyways, I loved having big groups of people doing all kinds of hands-on adjust assists. You know, I love teaching, training teachers. You know, we pivoted to Zoom for everything. I was teaching yoga at a local college, trying to keep 20-some children and their children, college students or children, yeah. engaged. Engaged. It, it just, it just became, it just felt really heavy and it was time for something new. And I had been doing informal astrology uh, readings for years and then, you know, some paid astrology gigs over those last couple of years. But it just seemed like everybody really needed to figure out their direction, just like I did. And, and astrology had helped me so much to understand the cycles that I was in. Like, for example, the classic midlife crisis. You know, I opened that yoga studio when I was 42. You know, it's, it's, that's the way it goes, right? It's your Uranus opposition. Mm -hmm. Some people get a sports car. Like I said, I opened a yoga studio. So seeing that those patterns, you can really help people to identify those patterns. And, and I just really was passionate about that. And that just felt like it was more of what I wanted to be doing. And and I thought, oh my goodness, who who's going to buy a yoga studio at this at this time? And I was talking to a friend of mine, and she's like, well, why don't you just put it out there? And so I emailed all my put teachers. it out where put what just out put where? it put put it put it out there in, into the universe, and also like literally, you know, like she's like, well, do you think somebody's just going to knock on the door someday and say, hey, I want to buy this thing? Like you got to <laughs> tell people that you. And I was like, I, you know, I just. I guess I, it was a lot like passing over a child to somebody else, right? I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, that's what it felt like. And I was like, okay, well, now, if you're a 13, 14 year old, I might be willing to let you go save somebody else right now, right? <laughs> because you're at a tough age, um, you know? Uh, and, and anyway, so um, I emailed all my instructors, people who had done workshops, et cetera, and immediately heard back from one of my instructors who was interested and so, yeah. And so then I turned my attention to building the website for the astrology business and beginning to crank that up, which, you know, I've, I've had, you know, really pretty good success, all things considered. I work a lot less hours, which mm -hmm. is nice. I bet you do, all oh, from wherever goodness. you want, I'm guessing. <laughs> exactly. Right. And so, yeah, that's especially having a business that's open seven days a week. You really just, there are no breaks. There are absolutely no breaks. And, you know, with uh, all your employees being part-time people is also a thing. It's really nice not to, not having to manage people other than myself. And that's that's a, been good. Big enough job for me most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I remember not maybe a year ago. So someone broke into the yoga studio uh, that I used to yeah. own. And I, I looked at my husband and said, uh, it's a good day not to own a yoga studio. Thank God. Um yeah. But yeah, I mean, there are just different, there are different challenges when you're working for yourself. I mean, you know, you, you are not getting paid unless you're putting, you're putting in that work, right? I mean, yeah. you can definitely have, I've got some online courses and things like that that can produce income. I have a monthly membership, which has been very successful, which I'm really enjoying too. It's one of the things I really learned, even from the yoga studio, when people would say to me, what time should I teach a yoga class? I'm like, what time's the best time for you? For you, yeah. Yeah, it's what time is the best time for the instructor. Do not yeah. just go about it and think, oh, well, 
people, quote unquote, people would mm-hmm. want classes at X, even though I don't want to get up early, I'm going to teach yeah. an early class. No one's coming to your class, sweetheart. You're not vibing it. <laughs> it's obvious you don't want to be here. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I have a monthly membership and, and it's been great because I can do a mini, like just a, like a half an hour reading for my clients. I do a mix of astrology and tarot, just giving them a heads up on the month ahead. And then that way, not only do I feel like I can help them move through some of the difficult transits and we can kind of monitor them, I am learning so much because I'm getting to watch these real life experiences of what happens to someone when they experience this transit. Um, So it's been hugely educational for me because astrology is one of those things that you study for your entire life and still feel like you're you're in primary school. Uh, Lots to learn. Right there. To to the listeners out there, and maybe, you know, and for myself too, how how do you define astrology? I would define astrology as an understanding of how the movements of the planets in the sky impact people here on Earth, part one. And part two is that knowing your natal chart, which is a snapshot of the sky at the moment of your birth, identifies for you your curriculum in this lifetime and the blessings that you gifted yourself and the challenges that you want to experience. And that is what astrology is um, in my definition. So, yeah. I love that. I love that because I think, you know, it's not just being a horoscope, right? No. no. Right. And, And I think that's kind of where entry level people, you know, oh, cool. It's my birthday. I'm going to read my horoscope. Um, (laughs) But I think, you know, just my two readings with you and I think I've had a couple of other readings in my life for the longest time. I didn't have my birth certificate. So I had no idea what time exactly that I was born. And I know that's a very important. Having a time helps. helps Yeah. Like my mom couldn't find my birth certificate. (laughs) And and she's like, it was around 10 PM. I'm like, no mom, I need to know the exact time. I have an astrology reading coming up. Like, can you please find it? So like, I, I know, know you were busy those... at the time, but I know, I know this is like 46 years ago, but <laughs> but like, I, I don't know. I, I didn't realize that was such an important thing to know, but I guess, and then I want to move into more like talk, thinking about like, you know, the power of our minds. And you said something about just laws of your own timing. So I'd like to get into that a little bit more, but I guess, to those that are listening that might be like, oh, I don't know. I just don't believe this. Like, it's fun once in a while, but I don't know. Like, what would you say to them, to to people that are, are skeptics about um, astrology? I, I, I would, I would, first of all, not try to convince them because I, I don't ever feel like that is my job, right? Your job. Um, yeah. So it, well, it's, it's, I mean, it's totally fine for people not to be, not to think it, it has any impact. I, I would ask them, though, about the impact of the moon on the tides. And so the idea that that those bodies out in space may indeed have some impact upon the Earth. I think that's one way to look at it. And and then I might quote one of my, my spiritual great-grandfather who said, I used to say, astrology does, does, astrology does not require you to believe in it for it to be affecting you. Um, oh. I would mm. say, you know, especially for somebody, you know, and, and of course you have to get a little life on you sometimes, but I would ask mm-hmm. most people what happened around 29, 30, okay? What was going on for you at that time period? That is when the planet Saturn, the planet of limitation and restriction, 
goes, has finished one entire circle of your chart and comes back and asks you if you're living in integrity. And so I would ask you about those couple years and how that goes. And then again, as you get older, that Uranus opposition that can be between 42 and 44, you know, how many people do you know right around that time period that, that radically changed their life? Because Good God, this is giving me chills. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, they realize that they're limited or they put themselves in a box or they don't have the autonomy that they wanted. And that is what Uranus does for us, right? It, it says, no, you're bigger than this. What are you doing? You know, and, and, and so what the beauty of this is, is you can take these unconscious forces and make them conscious. And then, then, then you can start making better decisions. <laughs> You know, it's like the marionette, the, you know, the, the string is being pulled and you're like, why do I keep slapping myself upside the face? What's going on here? And it's like, oh, there's this unconscious trigger. What if I made it conscious? What if I really understood? Like, for example, I mean, most people know their sun sign, right? Their, their whatever their sign is for their birthday, but they don't know their moon sign. Their moon sign can be very different. And how your emotional body reacts to things is really important. And And then your rising sign, that's the the sign on the cusp of the planet and the place of your birth, which is why we also want to know the city and state country. That rising sign, it impacts the way people perceive you, particularly as you get older, and it also impacts your actual physical body. And so it's really helpful if you need, if, even if you're not curious about the rest of it, if you know those three things about yourself, it can be really life-changing because, you know, the way you change your life it's not by changing the people around you. It's by changing you. Yeah. You know, it's changing you. Change your attitude towards things. Change your attitude towards yourself. Be more compassionate towards yourself. My goodness. You know, understand, yes, you are a fantastic jambalaya of like things that don't always go together. You know, you might want this, but think that. You might say this, but then do that. You know, and then we tend to beat ourselves up. Astrology says, no, 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 look. <laughs> This is, these are the parts of you that don't necessarily flow together. How can you harmonize them? You know, it's kind of like, you know, coming to terms with, you know, I'm, you know, say, let's say someone's an introvert and, you know, so, you know, no, if you're going to be on Broadway, you're going to be behind the scenes. You're going to be working the soundboard or making the costumes, right? It's okay. Don't feel bad about the fact you are who you are. Take your amazing gifts and talents, that beautiful uniqueness that is you that's demonstrated by your birth chart and make something beautiful out of it you know know what the 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 sum of the parts is and and you know you look and look at twins that are born just minutes apart you can look that at that was chart. where i was gonna yeah. ask you. yeah it's my sisters are identical twins born two minutes apart yeah yeah what 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 what, what does astrology say about that I, I mean, you can absolutely look at it. It's interesting that even within just a few minutes, sometimes there can be something different or the charts could be really similar. And it's, you know, the example I usually give is, hey, give, give you know, two or three chefs uh, a couple eggs to make an omelet and you're going to end up with mm. three different omelets. They're all going to be delicious, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe there's some shell in that one. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. know, we all, we're given this, we're given this uh, opportunity when we come here. Mm. And we, again, we are gifted with challenges. We're gifted with blessings. Um, life, it, it's my my teacher, Goswami Kriyananda, used to call it a school for the soul. And like I said, this is your curriculum. And when you look at it, then you can look at certain things and have a different attitude, particularly about the struggles or the difficulties mm. that, you know, 
I like to use the analogy of a gym, right? You go to the gym, you know, you're lifting some weights, right? You're building some biceps. They look really good. It doesn't necessarily always feel really good, but you're, you're getting stronger and you need, and astrology is the same way. You're gaining skills that you need for something that you want to accomplish later in life. And so maybe you have to have that. Maybe you just needed that understanding. Maybe once you meet that perfect person, you wouldn't have really identified them and live if you hadn't gone out with that creep. Right? Oh, totally. Yes. Um, like, or, you know, maybe. Or appreciated like, them until, <laughs> you know, the total creep. I right. mean, well, it's important to remember yeah. that this is the realm of duality mm. up, down, light, dark, above, below. It, that's what this place is. And so there's always the two sides. And so it's when you experience the one side, know that you will probably experience the other side of it. And the key is not to overreact or oversteer, kind of like overcorrecting your car. You know, you want to, you want to just swerve a little and keep it in the middle. Stay in your lane. Not, yeah, not end up at the ditch and not run into the dude on the other side. Right. So that's, that's that's what life is. Hopefully we learn it. Right. (laughs) A question for you as as you're talking through this and you, you talk about like when we're born and you said something or in a way that sounded like somehow I chose to come in to this place at this time with these challenges. I've read a few books about about this and I think it's fascinating and it, you know, no one really knows for sure. I mean, not that I know of, but is it, do our, what are your thoughts on do our souls choose to come in to this type of life and have this type of experience? The predetermined. And how much? And what do, where does where do you stand on that? What do you think? Yeah, um, I think that that is an understanding that some people do really have a firm grasp on. I think, I mean, I know quite a few people who meditate and or connect to things that are beyond. And, and that is something that each person, I think, needs to kind of develop a philosophy around. You know, you're raised with a specific religion, right? And that's kind of the way you think. And part of growing up is figuring out what parts of that you believe and endorse and continue and what parts you don't. And maybe changing your pathway, you know, whether it's religion or an individual experience, like just, you know, an individual experience of the spiritual aspects of life. But I do believe that we are born again. And I don't, I, I, I sometimes struggle with the phrase born again. And I, mm-hmm. People don't think that that wouldn't think that you would have more than one lifetime. I do not believe that we come from nothing and go to either a place for good people or bad people. That's just not uh, in alignment with my philosophy, but I, I, yep. I, I'm not here to argue with anybody who has yeah. that philosophy. Yeah. But I would say that we do, we come here to learn, to evolve and to experience this, this beautiful place, this magical place. I mean, the earth is really beautiful. But by by looking at our chart, we can really see um, kind of the pathway that we're on. And, and you can get into a, you know, a much deeper, longer, more esoteric uh, conversation about, you know, where do we come from and where do we go from here and how many times mm-hmm. do we come, et cetera. Um, but I would say that the foundation, the foundational thing to start with is uh, what what am I doing with my time here? And what what will I take with me when I go? Because I'll tell you this, everything you can see with your eyes, you are not taking with you. Not one thing. Hmm. Not one thing you can currently see in the room that you're in or the vehicle that you're in. If you look out the window, not one of those things is eternal. 
Um, and that goes back to the, the grave. Yeah, that goes back to the yoga of philosophy. And this, uh, these are, you know, Sanskrit terms, but Purusha and Prakriti, everything's mm-hmm. either Prakriti, which is matter, or Purusha, which is spirit, which is mm-hmm. eternal. And as my teacher would describe it, is like a drop of water that when separated from the ocean, you can turn into an ice cube or you can turn into steam or you can turn it into all these different things. But then eventually it, if you put any of those things back into the ocean, it will merge back in, in the same way that you will merge back into the con- uh, collective consciousness when you leave your body here. But when you leave here, you will pick with you the wisdom that you gained and the love, the love that you created. And I mean, love in the higher terms of that, not, you know, I love the color blue. I mean, right. <laughs> the energy of love. Right, right. The energy, which is why, you know, often we incarnate in these little groups because these, any kind of strong love or the opposite of love, right? Remember, this is the realm of duality. And either of those strong energies will bind souls together. And if you've ever watched a couple get divorced, you know how that works. Yep. <laughs> yes. The extremes of both sides. Yeah, yes. extremes are both sides, yeah. Um, and it, I, I think if anyone's curious and just learning more about this, I would offer a book um, that I read that really got me thinking. And I'm sure, you, I'm guessing you've heard of it, Jill, Many Lives, Many Masters. Oh yeah, Brian Weiss. That's a great book. Yeah. 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 My sister recommended it to me. I'm like, yeah, sounds cool. And then like Excellent. this one. Yeah, this past winter, I, I thought, you know, I'll just read it. If it's stuck, I'll stop. And I mean, I was blown away without saying too much more. Many lives, many masters, listeners. It's it's a good read. It will entertain you and make you think. I yeah, mean, absolutely. I, absolutely. And I think it's important to remember if you want to immediately say no to anything, mm-hmm. that's usually just because your mind is afraid. And it's really yes. okay. It's really okay. Yeah. It's really okay to wait until you're ready. But you should understand the philosophy of why you're here, because unfortunately, a lot of our our culture will tell you that the goal of life is to accumulate as many things and as much money as possible. Mm-hmm. And that that is the goal of life. And honestly, that's one of the things astrology can help you with to figure out why you're here in a big picture sense, the sole mm-hmm. purpose. We look at the top of the astrology chart. And of course, you do have free will. That is part of being here. And you can freely not do what you came to, to do. No one will judge you at the end of your life except for you, actually. Yeah. You're the one who will flicker through back and look at your life and say, yeah, I did the best I could. Or, wow, I spent a lot of time watching Netflix. <laughs> yeah, well, right. I mean, I'm actually looking right now for my reading from you. And I I remember there's quite a bit there. And I remember just, I think I must have um, made an update. I know I'm not finding my phone, but I I should have pulled it up before we started recording. But I remember being so profound on like the collaboration piece. Um, You know, that came through just so loud and clear. And gosh, now I'm really, I'm really sad that I, I know I took a lot of notes when we talked, and of course I'll probably find it when after we finish. But I, well, I, would, I would say even for people who don't who have never had a reading, you can yeah. kind of see the repetitive lessons out in life. Yes, right? out of life. Yeah, <laughs> you know the same. This it's oh look, this is the same person. They look different. Yeah. They have a different name, and here they are again. And they're yeah. either bringing me that same pattern, that lesson again, or they're yeah. testing, testing one, two, three. 
testing, or as my, one of my other teachers, Kathleen Barrett would say, initiating you to the next level of that experience, mm-hmm. because it's not, there's great, you know, you've heard the quote, it's one damn thing after the other. It's like, no, yeah. it's actually no. the same damn thing over and over. It, it's just different patterns. Waiting right? for you to pay, waiting for me to pay attention and make a change. Well, yeah. To yeah, to really just understand understand it, and then mm-hmm. and then make the change, right? Because yeah, it's it's not enough just to ignore it. it right. It does it like anything else? It needs to be digested, processed, and then enacted. Yes. Which Absolutely. could be a whole other episode. <laughs> right. I guess as we close, I would just love to get your final thoughts on just how our minds and the way our minds work, give it, you know, also taking into account like our charts and the astrology and the, you know, kind of the bigger forces out there at at play. How can we harness those? You know, what are some ways that we can harness those to be better business owners, to take the leap, to to do the thing that we've always wanted to do, but have been too scared? Like what what would you say to listeners as, you know, as just kind of final thoughts there? I would say the first thing to to say is kind of related. It's a quote from my friend Liz, and she said to me, "Honey, your friends can't keep, give you your dreams, but they can take them away from you." And so I think it's really. I mean, that was like that hit hard. It hit deep, and I've used that quote yes. told so many people. So who you surround yourself with will either elevate you or drag you down. Okay, so yep. keep that in mind. And if you don't like the people you're around, you don't change them. You change you and it will fall away. It is important what you hold in your mind. Another quote from my teacher, Goswami Kriyananda, whatever you elevate and honor, you will become. Mm-hmm. So watch who you admire, what you admire, you know. And if you look at the repetitive people, patterns, events, things that have been coming to you, you start discerning what parts of those you want to keep and what parts you want to let go of. It's very important. You also need to remember that everything you say is like a magic spell. This is why spelling is called spelling. It's a spell. Uh-huh. And so, so, for, so if you are constantly saying, well, I really don't care about the money, but I'm worried about this. It's like, dude, you better care about the money. Money is energy and energy is money. And like it or not, you need to care about, you need to care about the money. So, you know, if every time someone gives you a compliment, you're like, oh, you're so there. I don't know. I, I don't. This old thing. Right. That kind or, of thing. Yeah. I mean, there's just, you really should spend a day listening to yourself and then ask yourself, what kind of world is that person building with their words? And then once you go from the words, you go to the mind because the mind is also building, right? Uh, it was one of the things Edgar Case used to say. We didn't talk about him at all, but he used to say, mind is the builder. Mind is the builder. Your mind is always building something. The question is, what is it building? Is it digging a dip? Edgar, Edgar Casey? Yeah, Edgar yeah. Casey. I didn't realize you were still going with your quote. Yeah, no, no, no. He, Casey, he was, this is, I'm trying to remember, he was born in like the early 1900s. And he was actually, he was psychic. Even though he was a devout Christian, he would go into these trances and move forward and backward in time. And for whatever reason, he was compelled to have uh, a transcriber there every time he did it, every time he went into these trances. And so he gave all these readings. In fact, there's a whole library maintained by, by it's called the Association for Research and Enlightenment. And that's 
pretty fascinating. Brian Weiss, I believe, uh, the guy who wrote the book you referenced is um, involved with them. But yeah, he would say mind is the builder. Mind is the builder. And people have a tendency to think that they can think one thing, say another thing, and do a third thing, and yet get what they want. And it doesn't work that way. One must harmonize the mind, the speech, and the actions. And when you do that, there's nothing that can get in your way. You just have to be patient and and keep moving forward in the same direction. But the problem is we put our mind on one thing, we say another, and we start doing something else. We get distracted. You know, three years later, when the thing that we wanted back then comes along, we don't want it anymore. We don't want it anymore. We've moved on to something else, right? So, you know, it's one of those things that you really do have to monitor what it is that you're feeding, right? And you feed it with actions, you feed it with words, and you feed it with your mind in the same way that you can't be sitting next to somebody who you know, you can know that they don't love you. And they look at you and say, I love you. It means nothing. It's hollow, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the same way, if you're saying something and your mind isn't behind it and you're not really taking actions to fulfill that, it's hollow. It's, it, doesn't, it doesn't move forward. So you've got to get those th- three things harmonized and together. And then, you know, it's almost like you have to set the intention and then let go because there you, you can't steer, the, you can't oversteer the ship back to the ship metaphor, right? You have to set the goal, have the intentions, do the work, and then let things unfold in ways that might be more magical than you could have imagined. This or something better is something Absolutely. I constantly tell myself. Yeah, this, oh, that's great. I love that. Some, this or something better. This or something better. I love that. I see sometimes I, I see people, well, I set a goal and I have an intention out there. Now I'm going to let it go. But they miss a key step, which is what you mentioned. And I was like, yes, I'm so glad you mentioned this. You have to take the action. Yeah. You have to, yeah. You can't just set a goal and an intention and think in your mind, I want this, but then sit home and watch Netflix 24-7 and hope hope a million dollars just shows up at your doorstep. Right. Like, well, and that's sometimes, why you're not in alignment. Well, and I'm and not, sometimes, yeah. Yeah. I, it's, sometimes it just needs to be a symbolic action, even. Yeah. Like, for example, yeah. let's say you're like really ready to launch your business, but you have a couple of other key things that you need to put in place, but you need to at least have a symbolic launch, right? Yep. So, you know, you send the website to your inner circle, right? You know, yeah. it's a symbolic launch, yeah. right? You instead That of, counts you know, as launching. That's absolutely, a big step. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Would be best around the new moon, by the way. But um, what yeah. is that? So the new moon varies each month, but full moons are completions, endings, new moons are beginnings. You know, even the farmer's almanac will tell you. You want, the, you want to grow the plants that you want to get tall and big, you plant them at the new moon. You want plants that don't grow quickly like lettuce. You don't want them to bolt. You you do those at the full moon. So full moons are more for wrapping, culmination, completion. New moons are for those launches. Well, good to know. It, it, was, there, it, was there any, I, I think I we kind of sidestepped a little bit. Was there anything else that you were going to add about just... You know, surrounding yourself with people who matter, setting the intention, letting it go, and taking the action. I loved, I, I loved kind of where you were going. Yeah, probably the last, the last piece of that yeah. would be to make sure you feel worthy of the mm-hmm. goodness, worthy of success. We can so often sidestep that last push because we don't feel there's a, there's a, there's a deep kind of cultural consciousness that connects to guilt and shame. And 
honors them or elevates that as something that is worthwhile or worthy. And it's not minimizing yourself, harming yourself. There's no beauty in that. There's no goodness in that. There's enough suffering in this world. Your suffering is not noble. It is not. But, and and you honestly are like, you know, like the two magnets that come together that repel each other. If you do not think you're worthy to be successful, to be the front of the house person that you want to be, or be the most amazing back of the house person, you know, whatever it is that you're really desiring to be and to do, if you do not feel worthy of it, it can't, you can't be successful. You no will one else always, will think it. Yeah. Well, and, and you will tend to self-defeat right before it happens. You don't do the final push. You don't return that one phone call. You get the prompting to do this or that. And you're like, you know, I work too hard. I'm not doing it this week. And you put it off. And, you know, not every window opens twice. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, don't um, self-sabotage people. No, no, no. no. And, and you know what? Like, and, and celebrate everyone else's success, but celebrate yours too. That self-deprecation that, especially with women, man, I just think women can be way too uh, unwilling to accept a compliment, to say, yes, mm-hmm. I'm awesome. And other women often won't celebrate with them, you know? And, and part of that yes. is a deep, deep, the thousand years of consciousness of women and having to compete with other women um, in order to get fed, in order to be housed, in order to have their children fed. There's a deep, deep, deep competition among women, which those of us in the Western world who no longer have to do those things need to step up and start supporting each other, not to the exclusion of men, right? No, I don't mean that at all. This isn't about men. This is about women. Yeah. Yeah. This is about women, women hurting other women and you know, you can look back to your, I mean, I don't know about your generation, but definitely I can look back to my mother and my grandmother and the way they would talk about other women. And I try really hard to undo that pattern. If I see a woman and she looks beautiful, I tell her. If I'm, you know, I think she's powerful and strong in front of the house, you know, I'm like, get it, girl. Show us all how to stand up there, you know, stand at the podium, you know, put your, you know, just be, be there. There will always be somebody gunning for you. Yeah. It, it this seems. is why we're here. This is why I do this podcast. It's right. not to spotlight men, although there's some good men on this podcast too, too some great men. Yeah. But it's it's to build a community of women that can support each other, be inspired by each other and learn from each other. I think this goes so strongly back to your point about who you surround yourself with matters. Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of people who are out there that will pretend to support you. And, you know, it's it's just... I become the older I get and probably the more experiences I have, I become I've become very clear on who who I'm looking for when it comes to quote unquote my people. And these days I I have less qualms about just kind of moving on if someone just yeah. is my person and it, it can evolve. Someone who was my person 10 years ago, and when I say my person, someone who I felt that I was very aligned with or in sync with 10 years ago. It may feel different now because I'm different. They're different. And and that's okay. You know, the totally. reason season lifetime. I, I think there's this sense of shame people have when they don't have friends of 40 years. Well, we don't have to keep our friends for 40 years. I think nope. it's okay for people to outgrow friendships or professional relationships, whatever Absolutely. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. I totally agree. Be a connoisseur of authenticity. I think that's where it's yes. at. You know, and begin to understand what that really means. And yeah, I mean, sometimes the karma's up, man, and it's time to move mm-hmm. on. And, you know, and you, you can still have lovely relationships with people and not even, you know, 
be in contact with them that much. Oh my right? gosh, absolutely. I, what like, my, like a few of my really close friends, I see them a couple times a year, if that. You know, and then there's people I see every day, you know, that or that live close to me that I see all the time. That's a different type of friendship. Um, but yeah, absolutely. And, and I would say cultivate those deeper ones. I mean, you know, again, you're going to have a completely different relationship with somebody if you approach it in the mindset of, oh, this is a good person to know because they are going to help me, you know, meet people and make my business better versus I'd like to make an authentic relationship with this person because I find them interesting. You're going to get two totally different results. And yeah. my standard for friendship is always, and I go back to Egypt, that I could have called or texted any one of my people and said, I'm in Egypt and I'm sick. Come get me. Yeah. That's my standard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am really lucky to say I have a long list of people who would do that for me and That's I would amazing. do it for them. So yeah. That's amazing. Yep. Your rider dies. And you yep. know what? And even if it's a short list, you have a list. Hey. Yeah. And, absolutely. You know, have the list of the people and, and be that person for, for someone else. And that's where you have to start. I mean, you have to be the thing. And I, that kind of goes back to like, I had to create the place that I wanted to practice. Yeah. In. Yeah. You have to be the friend that you want to be, be the, you know, and, and that doesn't mean you're going to be everybody's cup of tea and everybody's flavor. And that's all right. Yeah. Totally fine with that too. <laughs> as <laughs> yeah. a business owner, as a business yeah. owner and, a, and, a, and just in my personal life, you know, not every person is for everybody and that is okay. Yep. So absolutely. I love this chat, Jill. It's been wonderful having you on the podcast. I mean, I could just keep chatting with you. We just keep up <laughs> with new things to talk about, but where can people find you if they want to work with you, if they want to get a reading, join your membership? How can people find you online? Thank you, Holly. It's been an honor and a joy. And my business is called Nuit, N-U-I-T, astrology.com. Nuit, the um, Egyptian goddess of the sky. That's part of the reason why I was so excited to go to Egypt. So yeah. And you could also Google Joe Loftus astrology and I will come up. <laughs> I'm on, I have a website. I have memberships. I do readings of some online courses. Uh, the only social media I do is Instagram and I do a weekly forecast on YouTube on my new astrology oh. um, YouTube channel. So that is out there. There's lots of free content. I maintain a blog, so be sure to check that out as well. And yeah, here to help. Thanks, Jill. You're one of a kind and really uh, appreciate you being here. And um, people, listeners, go find Jill out there. Get a reading. I've had a reading. I've had um, two readings with Jill. Super insightful. Very good. Just a lot of aha moments. So if you're curious, go to her website and, and make an appointment. Thanks, awesome. Jill. Thank you, Holly. Are you curious if your business idea will actually work? Don't worry, I've got you. Your best business idea starts here at hollynoll.com slash free. Go to the link and download my free business action guide. In this guide, you'll map your skills and expertise to build a profitable business idea. You'll solidify an irresistible offer that turns contacts into clients. And you'll implement my step-by-step -step framework to quickly land your very first client. Thank you for joining me this week on the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there and you chose to be here with me. And for that, I am truly grateful to you. For more information on today's episode and this podcast, visit hollynoll.com slash podcast where you can find links discussed in the shows and connect directly with my guests. 
Remember to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you'll never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you enjoyed today's show, share your rating on iTunes. Or if you'd rather tell a friend about the show, that would mean the world. And remember, check out my free business action guide at hollynoll.com slash free. Or for more business building tools, visit the consultant code on Instagram. Until next time, keep taking action to build your business.